0: In the 211th quack cast, this one is called Vitamin C and Sepsis. All sound and fury, much ado about nothing. I just saw Logan last night, and I can't wait to see Patrick Stewart do King Lear. Macbeth, how does your patient, doctor? Doctor, not so sick, my lord, she is troubled with severe sepsis that keep her from her rest. Macbeth, cure her of that. Doctor, therein the patient must minister to himself. Macbeth, though ascorbic acid to the dogs, all none of it. Writing about pseudomedicine is relatively easy. Most pseudomedicines are simple and are self-contained. Being fundamentally fictional, outside of real complications, you do not have to fret over much about physiology and anatomy and plausibility and all the other aspects of medicine that make being a doctor a lot like Barbie in a math class it's tough. After the flood, I'm left high and dry. I have been inundated, well for me too, is an inundation, with emails about the article, hydrocortisone, vitamin C, and thiamine for the treatment of severe sepsis and septic shock, a retrospective before after study. What they ask, as an ID doctor and a skeptic, do you make of it? I have 34 years plus of taking care of severe sepsis and septic shock, and I have seen many interventions come and go in an attempt to decrease the mortality. Using steroids has waxed and waned, combination antibiotics have had their day in the sun, anti-endotoxin antibodies look promising, and over a billion dollars was spent on Zygris before studies showed it didn't work. So, never mind. A career of disappointed hopes has rendered me skeptical. Headlines like, Virginia doctors' possible cure could save millions from sepsis, and sepsis is number one killer of patients in hospitals. A doctor might have stumbled on the cure. And sepsis, deadly condition, can now be treated through intravenous vitamin C. Mm, They fail to impress. Been there, done that. Vitamin C has such a bad reputation for so long as king of the overhype, Having actual efficacy would be like an apology from the current POTUS. Never going to happen. But let's have a Joan Jet moment and see where the literature leads us. Before we get to the study, back to basics. Is there any reason to suspect vitamin C would have any effects on sepsis? Perhaps. Some fundamentals. Vitamin C has beneficial effects on the mediators of sepsis in mouse models, although... Mice are not men. Quote, Just how poorly the mice reflected the human disease, the correlations of gene changes in the mouse models with their human disease counterparts came close to the expected by random chance alone. Vitamin C levels are almost always low in septic patients, so perhaps repletion and or supertherapeutic doses may have beneficial effects on a variety of pathophysiologic processes, especially, The low blood pressure that accompanies sepsis. Quote, patients with severe sepsis present with hypovitaminosis C and preclinical and clinical studies have indicated that administration of high-dose ascorbate decreases the levels of pro-inflammatory biomarkers, attenuates organ dysfunction, and improves hemodynamic parameters. It is conceivable... That administration of ascorbate to septic patients with hypovitaminosis C could improve endogenous vasopressor synthesis and thus ameliorate the requirement for exogenously administered vasopressors. In other words, giving vitamin C might make it easier to keep the blood pressure up. I never find these kinds of extrapolations particularly compelling. Sepsis and septic shock is a jaw-droppingly complex reaction to a variety of processes, most often infectious, and most of these hoped-for effects would appear to be no more than pissing on a forest fire. But there are a pair of studies. One is a small, placebo-controlled trial that showed benefit from intravenous vitamin C, with septic patients requiring less vasopressors, and they did have a decrease in mortality. Another preliminary safety trial also showed benefit and vitamin C has been used with some benefit in other severely ill patients, including those in a burn unit and post-operative patients. The studies had different designs and endpoints. They were all small, and they all pointed in the same direction. Less organ failure, less mortality, and faster resolution. And with no side effects. Is this a wonder drug working wonders? A good start, but... So, an encouraging, albeit small and preliminary literature, which brings us to the current paper. It is everything you don't want a clinical trial to be. It is not blinded. It is not placebo-controlled. And it was not randomized and was a small number of patients. It was the kind of paper that, when seen through the lens of why most published research findings are false, leads to a sigh and an eye roll. After a hail Mary of giving vitamin C to three septic patients who unexpectedly survived, they started routinely giving vitamin C plus thiamine and low-dose steroids to all of their septic patients. The paper is a comparison of 47 patients before the intervention with vitamin C and 47 patients after the intervention. In other words, more or less 94 consecutive anecdotes, an extended riff on the theme of what I like to call the three most dangerous words in medicine in my experience. Not quite that bad, but you know. The patients were similar in both groups, but only had a small number of positive blood cultures. But in line with prior studies, treatment decreased the need for vasopressors and mortality. Quote, the hospital mortality was 8.5% in the treatment group, compared to 40% in the control group, which was incredible. My gut feeling is we don't have 40% mortality right now in my ICUs, but that's just a sense, not a piece of hard and fast data. The treatment group also improved their SOFA score, a measure of disease severity, more rapidly. The 72-hour SOFA score was 4.8 in the treatment group, compared to 0.9 in the control group impressive results from a paper with unimpressive methodology. Such an impressive effect of vitamin C on such a complex pathophysiology seems just too good to be true. And that probably means that it is. So what does the future hold? Well, what's going to happen next? If history repeats itself, first vitamin C will be in short supply followed by a marked increase in acquisition cost. I've never seen a pharmaceutical company yet that didn't take advantage to price gouge. There will be a clinical trial with better methodology that will show no overall benefit, but there will be some benefit in a post-hoc subgroup analysis. Then there will be another trial on the subgroup that will be done, and a decade from now, when I am dead and retired, vitamin C will be found to be ineffective in sepsis. And I sure hope I am wrong. The pseudo-medical world is already getting their paranoid conspiracy boxers in a twist over the suppression of a natural way to treat sepsis while demonstrating a complete lack of understanding of the scientific process. This story also provides a good case study on how medicine should work. Doctors use their knowledge and experience, as well as the work of their colleagues, to test new treatments for intractable diseases, then determine what works. The government has time and time proven itself incapable of determining whether the drugs it approves are effective, and the FDA is, of course, susceptible to the self-interested manipulation of scientific research carried out by big pharma. The question of efficacy should be left to doctors and patients. And as if massive doses of intravenous vitamin C is natural. I would not be surprised if a naturopath gave patients IV orange juice, you know, to potentiate the effects of a natural source of vitamin C I like big butts and I cannot lie but 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 one big butt what do you do now as a clinician when a patient hits the ICU septic how do you apply this scant preliminary unsatisfactory information death that is one hard impressive endpoint Death is not the usual subjective bias soft result that is the effect of a pseudo-medical intervention. And the drop in mortality was damn good. It may be the ICU equivalent of flipping a coin and getting heads 10 times in a row. Or maybe not. This may be the real deal, as it appears they keep coming up heads. Quote We have now treated over 150 patients with severe sepsis and septic shock. We have only had one patient die from sepsis, this being a complex surgical case who died in the immediate post-operative period. While a few of the treated patients have died, none died from progressive organ failure related to sepsis. All these patients are weaned off pressors and mechanical ventilation and died from their underlying disease. Vitamin C for decreasing mortality from sepsis, no matter how preliminary the data and how poor the studies, is so far consistent and is so tempting. Despite my pessimism that it will probably turn out eventually, eventually, to be another flash in the pan. But we have to fight our wars with the equipment at hand. The future? Macbeth or Hamlet? Let's see. Alas, poor ascorbate. I knew it, Horatio. A vitamin of infinite therapeutic effects, of most excellent fancy. It hath treated a thousand pestilences, and now how abhorred in my imagination it is. Versus I dreamt last night of three weird trials. To you, they have showed some truth. But given the risks and the benefits and the data, until there is a definitive trial, I'm going to have to side with Vizzini. Never go against vitamin C when death is on the line. And yeah, I know he pitched over dead just as soon as he said that. So you want the references for this podcast? Well, go to Science Based Medicine for the article of the same name. It was published March 31st, 2017. If you like these podcasts, don't forget I have another alternative medicine podcast, Sisyphus Speaks, which are short essays from the Society for Science Based Medicine. But every Sunday, I do a week in review of all the wackaloon pseudoscience that came out in the prior week. That's why it's a week in review. Otherwise, see you next time. Go Blazers. Bye.